Hello, and welcome to the Frontier Strategy Group podcast series. FSG is the leading information services provider for emerging markets executives. We partner with business leaders at over 200 multinationals by providing them with research, analytical tools, and data to help power their emerging markets business strategies. My name is Ryan Breyer, and I'm the head of the Latin America research team here at Frontier Strategy Group. I'm joined today by our practice leader, Antonio Martinez, who is here to talk to us about his recent research on how multinationals should be thinking about evaluating their presence in Venezuela. Before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to remind you that our research on Venezuela, along with all of FSG's content, is available online in our portal, which you may access at www.frontierstrategygroup.com. Contact your account manager if you have questions or have forgotten your login. Antonio, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Ryan. You and I have been talking about Venezuela on our podcast for several years at this point in time. And while there's been a consistent negative trend line in your sentiment on this market, one of the constants has been that exiting the market may bring more trouble than it's worth for some companies. What's changed in Venezuela over the last 12 months to create a situation where you are now advocating that multinationals seriously reevaluate their presence in the market? What I would say is that uh, when I look at in terms of what I see in, in Venezuela, is a market with a government that is essentially not making the kinds of economic reforms and adjustment it needs to do, given not only that uh, the kind of the, the recession that the country's been one way or another been in for at least the last 18 months, starting at towards the end of 2012, but also the default in oil prices were basically what a crisis that could have maybe prolonged for or taken a long time for the government to actually make the kind of adjustments it needs in a gradual way. Uh, it has no time to really do so and has essentially since the last six months shown little interest and little appetite for doing so. This creates an environment where essentially if you are a multinational, you are going in a situation where your prospects in the market are rapidly declining or worsening and with little end in sight in terms of an upward trajectory. And in our view, that's likely to persist well into 2016 and possibly and probably, I would say, even beyond. Yeah, that makes sense. So what are the factors that an executive should be looking at when deciding whether or not it makes sense for them to stay in Venezuela? Well, obviously, the number, the first factor to take into account is basically the current and future market size. What is the actual opportunity in Venezuela? If you are an average multinational, you've probably seen uh, your sales decline uh, extremely fast over the last year. Um, and basically the expectation is that that's likely to continue. But what is the future? What, what would an upside scenario or even a kind of a baseline expectation for the growth of the market, how big could it be? Are there any industries that you think have more opportunity to see upside than others over the long term? Well, obviously Venezuela will still be a market where, particularly if you're looking at the, the energy sector, there'll be a lot of opportunity. One thing many of our clients always mention is like the best business to be in is a well-managed, well-functioning oil industry. Uh, and the second best industry is a badly managed oil industry. So essentially what you're looking at is uh, that'll still be an opportunity one way or another. Uh, the second factor is essentially that given everything else we know about Venezuela, this will re- continue to be, once the recovery uh, returns, a market that is a, an extremely consumerist market um, where consumer spending will continue to be a very big driver. Uh, obviously goaded and supported by government policies. And it's important to remember, even if oil prices have fallen to less than $50 a barrel, 
that still means tens of billions of dollars that the government will have access to and to be able to continue to boost uh, the economy just hopefully at some point with much better economic mm. policies. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So outside of uh, future market potential, what else should executives be looking at? They should be looking at is, and they have to consider this as well as the quality of their local partners. Um, one way or another, if you have partners that can continue to build up your business, that uh, uh, are individuals that can, and to some extent, deal with a lot of this volatility in many ways with more flexibility than your average multinational will be able to, that opens up opportunities to stay in the market or at least exit without exiting. If you don't have that in the market, then your opportunities are essentially either writing off the market entirely and exiting, and that it would include any debts or any money that might be trapped in the market, or uh, on the other hand, just basically committing. Yeah, yeah. So size dictates you know, desire, but partners dictate options in many respects. Yes. Interesting. What else? The other key factors that I would include as well is what is your existing local presence? It's much easier for you to say, well, I'm going to exit just because I have a, maybe a local sales team or really all your business is through third-party distributors that are probably not even exclusive distributors. In that case, you have a much easier route to exit. If you have local manufacturing, if you have a very significant presence in the market, it becomes much more complicated and in many ways politically explosive to exit. And it still is and probably remain uh, more trouble than it's worth. Other aspects, obviously, and this is probably the number one aspect that companies are thinking about right now is access to foreign exchange. Basically, if there's anything that companies will say pinpoint what is driving your current performance is basically the government's inability to supply the market with enough foreign exchange with enough dollars. 97% of Venezuela's export earnings come through the oil industry, and that's controlled by the government. The government is not providing nearly enough. And in terms of the debt that companies have accumulated over the last couple of years in terms of dollars that they were supposed to be paid for inputs, imports that have already been brought in the market, it's been huge. Uh, more than 50% even in the most preferential industries. So that's going to depend if you have, say, customers that have access to dollars, if your customers is the government, which have some, and I can say some of our clients do still have access, or if you're an industry such as the energy industry or the financial services industry, where the customers do have some supply of dollars, there's more of a room to stay. Other factors as well, obviously government relations. How well positioned you are to be able to operate in the system. Um, If you are a big player, uh, particularly in preferential industries, you have to take this very much into account because uh, the potential dangers and liabilities that can be built out of this, as well as even just the potential opportunities uh, that will continue to exist for you in the market, will be dictated by how useful, in many ways, the products and services that you provide to Venezuela are to the government. And finally, and I think the most obvious is, what level of corporate commitment exists? Basically, if you're looking at Venezuela from a quarter-to-quarter standpoint, as many publicly uh, own companies do, the business is not going to be, it's, it's going to be kind of a, a continuing problem, uh, particularly in terms of how it's going to impact your earnings. These FX charges are monumental. Many companies have seen FX charges, basically write-offs in Venezuela of 95% or more. And when you're looking at the next 18 months, you can expect something that to continue and probably become even worse. 95% of that 95% decline, basically combining and snowballing. So corporate commitment, particularly for publicly owned companies, very difficult. However, often enough, you have to kind of put that to what is the future market size, market opportunity 
how has Venezuela, which for many multinationals that we've worked with, in the good year, it's one of the most profitable in, uh, markets to be in. Um, you don't want to be in a position where you're not there when the upside returns. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So I think you listed six factors that, that companies should be considering. Across these six factors, which do you think executives that you've been speaking with are not considering as closely in their decision-making process as they should be? Uh, I would say probably the most important is uh, that they have to consider is the local partnership quality. I think some companies are already considering and developing uh, at least some approaches where at least some of the business you can say is almost shifted to a third party. What you want to make sure is that you're controlling those liabilities, and often enough that's right now done by the local team, uh, the local subsidiary, the local branch of the company. They obviously do have some controls with them, but even say if you want to shift that credit risk to your partners, that's something that's also very attractive to companies. When you're looking as well is uh, issues of current and future market size. Uh, Again, everyone I talk to when I go to Venezuela, when I talk to my Venezuelan uh, country managers, they know, especially the ones with a lot of experience, they know the ups and downs of this market. They know what the latent demand is and how quickly it could possibly recover. But again, you gotta have, you gotta take into a much more long term viewpoint on that because I mean nobody has a, a clear vision of what's coming in 2016. If only they had that crystal ball. Uh, so, based on your analysis, what are the options for companies? Is this really simply a, a binary stay or go decision, or is there more nuance to it? There's definitely more nuance to it. Um, what we found is that. For the most part, when I'm talking to clients that nuance that basically stay and kind of commit to the course that you've that they've taken in, that's not really much of a choice. Uh, it's not something that most companies can afford to do. Some have. I mean, some of the companies that basically believe that they just need to con- con- kind of continue to focus on market share, continue to focus on volume, uh, and just keep building the business uh, with few controls. There's fewer of those these days than maybe six months ago, but that's an option right? That's not what most companies are doing. Um, The ones that are committing to stay, they are thinking of through what kind of restructuring they need to do. Is that about reducing headcount? Is that about controlling costs in certain parts of the the business? Is that eliminating certain parts of their portfolio? Uh, If you look at other companies, um, if you look in terms of uh, companies considering exit, uh, I can say very clearly that the ones that uh, outright announce an exit will live, will generally live to regret it. It simply isn't something that you want to be in the crosshairs of the government. It's easier if you are not a company that uh, is strategically important or big in Venezuela. You have more options there. Uh, but if you are, uh, as many of the companies that st- obviously still are in the market, you definitely do not want to do something that direct and drastic. What other companies are doing is much more considering how to exit without exiting. And I go back always to this issue of that local partner. Whether it's selling to your local partner your business, whether it's simply giving your distributor more control over the whole process of providing the product and thus limiting your own uh, in the market, that's an option that many companies need to consider. There's obviously a lot of uh, factors that come with play with that. Much easier for a company that is kind of just providing a product if you have to provide services after service delivery, then that means you've got to, in one way or another, hopefully get exclusive distributors and distributors that can be trained to provide those services that you, you need, uh, your clients and your customers need. So 
you know, when it comes to staying the course, and you've, you've touched on this a little bit, you know, what are the factors that executives should be considering? I know, for example, this is a really vexing decision for a lot of the pharmaceutical and healthcare companies we work with who feel like they have a moral imperative to be providing treatments and therapies into the market, regardless of their ability to, to get compensated for it. You know, what, what are other things that companies are, are thinking about when deciding if they're going to stay the course? What they're usually thinking about is essentially, how do I protect my key accounts? Um, It's very easy for one to say, well, you shouldn't be in Venezuela. But when you are servicing accounts that may, for instance, maybe in the telecom sector, you're dealing with operators that are in all of Latin America or across the world, and your company has a relationship across the world, or you are a logistics shipping company um, that you have clients that part of their business is to bring in product into Venezuela, you can't just basically decide, well, I'm going to serve you everywhere except Venezuela. Mm-hmm. That's not only harming the business in Venezuela, you're basically harming the entire uh, relationship. So those companies basically are the ones that need to decide how to stay the course. Obviously, controlling costs, obviously putting some limits in terms of what they're pro- prioritizing and focusing on in terms of service. But those are the things you need to consider. Mm-hmm. What about on the exiting side? You've mentioned this a couple of times, and I, and I love the notion that you outline in the report of exit without exiting. Uh, what, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is basically for most companies, even the ones that have an extremely bearish outlook for Venezuela, they've been around this in, in other markets. Uh, particularly if you're a Latin America executive, you don't want to repeat the mistake of companies that say left Peru in 98, that left Brazil in 2000, that left Argentina in 2002, uh, and then miss out with all of this growth. So everybody's kind of with the mindset, let's figure out how we can stay. One of my clients would mention, say, the, the, the strategy of hibernation. Uh, essentially, you know, maybe keep a business there and keep it to a certain level uh, of profitability so it's not as much of a burden on the rest of the business. Obviously, that has issues with sales volumes that that means, what, what kind of losses you might have to accept. Uh, but companies that want to exit without exiting are usually the ones that I've talked about, which is finding the right local partner to shift that business to. And again, it's distributors, it's people who are doing, who might also not just be distributors, but provide the logistics, provide the service to the clients. It all depends on what capabilities that distributor can have. One can also say basically issues around uh, more flexibility in terms of dealing in, uh, with uh, issues of government relations. Mm, yeah. So I know you're, you're just back from, from spending two weeks in, in Caracas meeting with clients and conducting research on our next, your next piece, uh, which will be focused on how those companies who decide to stay in Venezuela can, can manage the operating environment. Any previews uh, of what you've learned uh, that you'll be writing about in your next report? What I've understood is that basically everyone is uh, taking on many different ways of restructuring their business in Venezuela. Um, solutions and probably the major challenges are issues that maybe we haven't touched as much uh, in this discussion, but issues around talent, around remuneration. How do you pay teams that, okay, basically they're getting, you might be already increasing their salaries year on year 50%, but inflation is at 200% and the black market parallel exchange rate where a good portion of the products are already priced that they face uh, is accelerating. Uh, how do you keep them in line when basically the amount of compensation that you're offering them is about 25% or less than it was a year ago? Uh, there's also other issues related around portfolio. Uh, what kind of portfolio makes sense to continue to have in the market? Also issues around what kind, how can you access foreign exchange? What are the kind of the alternative mechanisms? Which, to be honest, there's no 
<laughs> there's no don't don't expect any kind of uh, silver bullet here uh, in the report. But there are many ways companies have adapted and at least maximize their uh, the opportunity in terms of gaining those uh, that necessary foreign exchange. And also issues around basically how companies are thinking about Venezuela or how corporate is managing Venezuela. Basically, what many of them are expecting from uh, their local teams is that really the number one thing to manage is not profitability, market share, uh, and sales revenue. I mean, obviously, you don't want to forget about any of those, but the main one is about managing liabilities. Uh, Basically, minimize as much as possible the extent of which Venezuela is a drag on overall business. Of course. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us here today, uh, Antonio. To all of our listeners, uh, if you're interested in learning more about uh, Antonio's research on Venezuela or any of our other research on on Latin America, I'd like to take a moment to remind you that your FSG account manager can set up a conversation between you and Antonio or any of the other members of our research team at your convenience. Antonio's next report on Venezuela, where he will be sharing all of the insights that he gathered from his trip to Caracas, will be out at the end of August. As always, all FSG content is available online in downloadable PDF format at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. This concludes our podcast for today. Until next time, we wish you great outperformance in your emerging markets.